Welcome to Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. Guess what I did? Oh, what did you do? I fomented too hard. Fomented? Fomented <laughs> is fear of missing out with tarot. Oh. So I fomented too hard. And I've been like off and on trying to buy mesquite tarot for like a couple months now. And I would go like to buy it because it's about to be out of print. Yeah. And it'd be in my cart and I'd be like at the PayPal screen and I'd be like, "Uh, do you really want this deck? Or are you just kind of like FOMO? Like, is is it just a FOMO feeling (laughs) or do you really want this? So I would be like, I would talk myself out of it in that moment. Yeah, but it seems like maybe the FOMO finally talked you into it. It talked me finally into it. And every time in the past, I'd go back like a few days later and like talk myself into it and try to buy it. And then it'd be gone because, of course, it's like super popular. It's out of print. Everyone's like scrambling for the last decks that are in stores, online stores. And today I finally pulled the trigger because I had to like Google keyword search Mesquite Tarot shop (laughs) and like the third page deep. Available. Available. (laughs) In the third page deep, I found a shop in Texas. That Shut has up. the deck. And so I'm sending it to your house. Hopefully you'll that- send it to me. So <laughs> Hooray! I will send it to you because I already have it. Even though I bought it through the Kickstarter at the very beginning of my Kickstarter deck supporting. It was like literally the first one. And uh, then I traded it away for a really beautiful mug. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, wait. I actually still want that. And I bought it from... <laughs> The creator of the beautiful mug from her shop. So I've technically bought this deck twice. <laughs> and it still is a little bit mean to me, to okay, be honest. How mean, I mean, how mean so is it? It's so pretty. Like, how so mean pretty. is it to you? Um, It, like, the cards that I bought it for, I never get. Let's just oh. say that. Like, I never get the Three <laughs> of Cups. I never get any of the core cards. I ne- It's just like... I took it with me to Oregon for my reunion this weekend, and I, on the day of the reunion, pulled two cards about, like, what to look forward to today and got the Five of Pentacles and the Five of Cups. (laughs) I'm like, great. Thank you so much. (laughs) And it's not like I'm like, oh, it should just only be happy, happy, joy, joy. Like, if that's kind of what I need to be aware of, then fantastic. Thank you for telling me. But also, like, come on. (laughs) It's trying to keep you, like, on the ground. That's what it's trying to do. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, one of the things is that I always phrase those questions as, like, what can I do to make today the best day possible. And then when I get stuff like that, I'm like, Oh shit. Like, like really? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) It can't just be like, you know, let loose. That's why I started to use those decks for like, metaphysical work yeah (laughs) exactly spell packets that's what those decks get used for spell packets (laughs) but i can't do that with mesquite because i've bought it twice and if i start destroying the cards i'm just gonna be like oh my god holly get it well i love like the snake representation in it and the bag is cute i was unsure about the the bridge card size because it's like smaller it is and so that's kind of what like was one of the things that I kind of like hesitated on and kind of, uh, do I really want need a smaller kind of deck? You know, sort yeah, of thing. Kind but of sometimes it. it's not. I mean, I think it's always nice to have a couple of smaller ones. Oh my God. And you know what? I just pulled up the Kickstarter campaign. Cause I was thinking like, like, God, it must've been over two years ago. And sure enough, it was the project was successfully funded two years ago yesterday. Oh, wow. Mm. <laughs> and it's just now June going 11th. out of print. Wow. 
And yeah. I'm just, oh, it's just so sad. It's not going to be reprinted. I'm just so, so surprised beautiful. by it because it's so pretty, but we'll see. I'm glad that yeah. you're going to have it in your hands. Yes. I'm just hoping that this shop was not is not going to come back like, hey, we actually don't have it. And we just didn't update oh, the website. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason that was on page three of your Google results. It yeah. doesn't actually exist. It exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What? <sighs> what? Yeah. What? Yes. Yeah, I really, I do think it's really pretty. So yeah. I'm excited that you're going to have it. And I have so many decks that I'm sending you right now. I so know. You're going to but... have like an embarrassment of riches in just a few weeks. <laughs> I know. But it's okay because I think, and thankfully we don't really need anything for the podcast anytime soon. So yeah, that's true. Card of the day today. Yay! I'm using Line Strider because it's a really good summary deck. And, you and I'm doing Otherkins. Other ah, <laughs> so cute. I have Otherkins on reserve. I've had it on reserve literally for five months since they put it in the Korean store because you can reserve decks ahead of oh, time. Oh, but not I, like pre order. But not like, yeah, it's not pre ordering. It's kind of like putting them on reserves because they pretty much order Llewellyn decks regularly. So, yeah. It's just not in store yet. And so I'm kind of like waiting. You can on. do it, Korean Tarot I Store. Know. So, so card of the day. Oh, and because we're talking about Ethany's court card thing today, I want to tell you a little antidote about me pulling cards for our episode today. Because typically before our episode, I always pull like cards about how will this episode be received by the public sort of thing, just kind of get a feel and like (laughs) what's going on. And typically like I'll get pretty good cards, like six of wands, normally whatever. Today I got three fucking court cards. I'm like, thanks, Ethity. This is your <laughs> yeah. fault. That's kind of great, though, because the you queen just of, worked yeah. through the whole book. Yeah, because it's the Queen of Swords, Page of Swords, and the Page of Wands. I was like, fucking thanks. I That's appreciate awesome. it, Ethity. So. I love it. That's so funny. Because it's all like good, and I love all of those like court cards, of course. But it was just like, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's going to happen. Yeah. It was bound to happen. It so. Was. so let me pull card of the day for us from Line Strider. Our card of the day is the Knight of Swords. See? <laughs> See? This is why it's so good to work on your tarot court cards. It's so true. Then you're like, oh, I already have the people in my life that it, like show this archetype. And exactly. pop culture people who show this archetype because exactly. of all of the different... I know, I love it. Well, like exercises. Well, in the I'll book. read from the since I pulled the Knight of Swords. I'll read from the Knight of Swords from Ethany's like little, like in the back okay. she has like her um, summary, cheat like little section. cheat sheets. Yeah, there we go. That's thing. I was like for the Knight of Swords. He's a warrior. The warrior is a finely tuned machine, not only physically but mentally as well. They know that it is only half the battle to have a body that is ready for anything. The mind has to be just as well trained. Warriors like strong partners, but they also will likely want to be more dominant person in their relationship. It can be because their work schedule is so demanding and they are required to move around a lot, or because they just like being the one who is calling the shots. The warrior will seek out someone who can go toe-to-toe with them on all levels. So, ooh, we're feeling like lots of good warrior energy today. So. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Let's look, and look at the ideal careers for the Knight of Swords, though. Private investigator, which is Esther's real job, <laughs> even though she claims to be an education. She's really a private investigator. Stunt person, martial arts expert, law enforcement, air force professional, sports of any kind, freedom fighter, <laughs> freedom and activist. <laughs> 
Freedom oh Fighters, Holly. Oh my gosh, Holly. all of your professional curling is coming out this episode. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, so I think we're having like lots of really good mental sparring in this episode. Not not like literal fighting, but like mental. Yeah, you better be nice to me. It is so early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you are not going to have a bad day. I know exactly. Awesome. Well, we don't have any questions today because every time we try to fit in a question with books, it ends up being an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minute long episode, which is long. But we do have some really great questions coming next week and keep them coming. We got our first response to our Google form and I was like, yay! Technology works! I love it. It's such a, it's just kind of like a nice way to do it. But of course we still accept DMs and emails and stuff like that. But we have a a new Patreon supporter. It is Jesse and Jesse, your card is the four of swords. Ooh, that's some rest and relaxation. Yeah. And that's our like extra Patreon episode we're recording today. So yeah, it is. And also I'm using the other Kintero, like I said, and the other Kintero four of swords is like an owl that's resting, which I really like. Oh, I love, look at this little cute owl. I know there's so many owls in this deck. Oh, I love it so much. Do you remember the Tumblr account hungover owls that was like pretty big in like maybe 2012? No. Maybe that was while you were still. That was while I was still Jesus ing. (laughs) Well, you're still Jesus ing. (laughs) Um, It was so funny because owls look so bedraggled and scruffy in some pictures. And so they'll just look all like, (sighs) like completely overwhelmed. (laughs) And it was just pictures of like owls like that with funny captions about how they were super hungover. (laughs) I love it. It was so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Like we said earlier, today we're talking about Your Tarot Court by Ethany Dawn. Ethany is one of those tarot personalities that many of us know already. She's very active on Instagram and YouTube and is the headmistress for the Tarot Readers Academy and hosts yearly Tarot Summer School, during which time people can sign up for classes individually or collectively on topics like animal magic, tea leaf reading, Lenormand, ritual tarot, and ancestral healing, among others. I signed up for Benabel Wen's, oh, what's it called? Oh, this is like the worst transition, like personal testimony <laughs> ever. <laughs> what Didn't she do the ritual tarot? The yeah, I think she, yeah, she was doing a ritual tarot one about like your kind of like life path forward so oh cool and i love benabelle because she like gives so many intense awesome notes resources. like a phd class and i'm like yeah. i love it i think that that's the coolest thing about the summer school is that it's a chance to see a lot of different tarot uh teachers yes like do their thing and even if you're just like watching the intro sessions or the i think they call them trailers you still kind of get a really good idea of what all these people are doing, which is cool. It's like oh, a yeah. chance to kind of meet more community members. Almost. Yeah, and kind of like flex your muscles in different mm-hmm. ways than what you normally do. So I I like the, the Summer Terror School. Yeah, I think that's cool. And Ethany's book was published in May by Llewellyn, and this is what she says about it. Meet the people and personalities of the tarot in a whole new way with your tarot court. This book gives you the confidence you need to tackle the trickiest part of any deck, the court cards. You'll explore the tarot court archetypes and discover new ways to identify and work with these enigmatic cards. Your tarot court is designed with contemporary readers in mind. It discusses gender as a social construct, translates the royal hierarchy for modern world, and more. Professional reader Ethany Dawn guides you through the court, offering techniques, spreads, and interpretations that make the cards more accessible and understandable. Awesome. Yeah. So we're going to use the same parameters that we use for modern tarot, just changed slightly. So first, 
I think we should kind of talk about the outline um, and just sort of go through the table of contents to kind of do a little bit more like gut reactions for each of the chapters. And then we'll talk about our signifiers and how we feel about her interpretations of them. Yes. <laughs> and other cards that we feel connected to, I guess. We can also yeah. talk about that then. Pros, cons, general thoughts, um, et cetera. And... I guess you have a physical started. copy, so can you please lead us through? I do have a through, physical copy. Because mine is digital <clears throat> and not as easily flippable through. Totally. Thanks. So I think it's really cool. At the very beginning, obviously, there's a table of content contents, but then there's also a list of practicums and exercises. Oh, yeah. Like sheet, just as kind of like a gut reaction. If you have the paper version, there actually are areas for you to do a lot of writing in it, like worksheet style. So if you do all of the exercises in the book, it's nice to be able to have a guide to where you can flip there for your own notes. Yes. Um, And I think that it is under... I don't know if when I was looking at it before, I was really as aware of the exercises in it. And I think that if that had been a little bit more publicized, I would have bought it earlier. Yes. Because the exercises are really cool. And we'll get to that in a second. But anyway, she starts by talking about tarot. um, And then like right at the beginning, she addresses kind of the elephant in the room about court cards, which is the gender stuff. Yes. And whether or not we should even really be using gendered language to discuss these throughout the book. She does use King, Queen, Page, and Knight. But at the beginning, she clarifies that that's more because all of the other decks will be talking about them that way and that we don't have to keep sort of the, like, feminine versus masculine thing as, like, rigid in our heads, which I think is really helpful, especially for, like, new readers, which this definitely seems like it's for. So uh, it talks about that. It, she, I liked this section also where she talked about the physical attributes because I think that in like a lot of situations, there are traditional readers, and I'm saying traditional because what I mean are like people who learned in like the 60s and 70s and 80s who see the tarot court cards really specifically as somebody who's coming into your life. Yes. And it can be like, oh, it's going to be a blonde man with blue eyes because it's the Knight of Cups or whatever. And that it can just get so problematic so quickly because it's like all white people. Yeah. <laughs> all the signifiers are white people, basically. And so I think that she kind of like is trying to break down some of those things yes. right at the beginning. Yeah. What I really liked her addressing it from the very start because yeah. it's kind of like laying that foundation because especially the beginning seems geared more towards beginner readers. Yeah. And so in starting it off with a bang like that, saying like kind of breaking down those social constructs that we're kind of used to hearing in the background from yeah. other learned tarot readers, it's kind of in her mentioning like, you know, people these days can dye their hair. They can change their contact colors. Yeah, you know, things exactly. Like, that. like none of this really matters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, where it's just kind of like those are superficial things. It's actually more personality sort of energy sort of base. And I appreciate that. It's not about gender. It's not about how you look. It's all about their energy the feeling yeah exactly. yeah exactly exactly that actually really even helped me because i think that for both of us we've had our significators significators signifiers Signif- i don't know signifier yeah there I, we go I've, signifiers. I've, I've, I've signifiers so i but i live in korea so <laughs> no you're i don't totally know right I feel like it's like kind of it made me kind of think about the fact that i have always considered my signifier to be a queen 
Oh, yeah. Like, why is that? Is that because I feel like I should because I'm a cis woman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, is that something that I need to be, like, could, like kind of looking into a little bit more? Like, uh-huh. am I less of a queen than I thought? Although, after reading it all, I still feel pretty good about the Queen of Pentacles being right. my signifier. Um, but I did think it was, like, pretty helpful to have that sort of brought up at the beginning. Yeah, especially because we've been doing this for a while. It kind of, like made you question like oh well did I choose the like the wrong one for me or it yeah. kind of helped you ex- like self-examine in a way like it kind of not that it was like a bad thing to self-examine but because I think because we have these assumptions going into tarot that we're both queens just because we're older females above the age of 22 you know we yeah, kind of assume exactly, we're queens we're exactly. very nurturing like, but at really the same time it? it's kind of like well but I'm technically like my sun sign is a Leo so should I be a king of wands and not a queen of wands like I've always kind of assumed so it's kind yeah, of yeah I mean like, I think that that is less yeah. less of it for me than just reading the descriptors like there was one that I was reading and I wish I had written it down I'm sure it's in my notes somewhere uh where I was like oh this sounds so much like Esther but it was a uh, knight oh okay but that I also think that that's something that is interesting. At the very beginning, she talks about how the reason that people use court cards as signifiers when they show up in a spread is that it's nice to be able to anchor around something. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, but she's like, even if you can tell that you're querent or whatever, that the court card is signifying them, if they're not ready to see those sides of themselves, they're always going to be like, nope, that's not true. That can't yeah. be right. Yeah. And I thought that just in general, that was a really helpful reminder for any readers that you're re- if you're reading for other people or even yourself, you have to kind of be open to uh, what the reading says or else you're just going to feel like it's wrong and doesn't resonate. And we all do this. It's not like, yeah. it's like oh, yeah, yeah, something that we don't do. But I just think that it's helpful. I feel like that was my first inclination, which it happens in the introduction, that this is really for somebody who's like, maybe has like maybe one tarot book they've been reading for like a couple months. They're interested in starting to like stretch their wings and read for other people, but they don't want to have that thing happen to you where you pull for other people and get all court cards. And you're like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? Like what'll happen? Like with the episodes exactly, we're reading. Exactly. Like, court cards, fuck this. So it's not like I think that, I mean, it's not like I think that there isn't anything for other people to get out of it, but at the, even in the intro, she actually like, uh, defines what significator means and what querent means. Yeah. So I was like, okay. It's very beginner friendly. So it's not like if, (laughs) if you're a beginner, you're like, well, I need more information about court cards because of course they're like, we've admitted before. It's like, they're like the most difficult to kind of, they're so nuanced. It's hard to read them sometimes. And so like. It, to me, as a, I wish I had this book as a beginner because I learn by differentiation. Yeah, I have. That's the way I learn about people. That's the way I learn about myself. Is like, oh well, I'm like this, but they're like this. This is how we're different. And so, yeah. to me, that was really helpful reading through all the court cards. Like, oh well, this night is different. They're all the same kind of theme, but this night is different in this way than this night. And that's like, right. I wish I had this as a beginner. Right. Totally. And also I think that that was in the love section. There was like a part where she talked about good, good archetype matches versus bad archetype matches. Oh yeah. As far as like in a relationship. And I actually found that reading those was really, really helpful for putting your brain in the mindset of like, here's what different, here's how you can read multiple aspects of an archetype into a card at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Here's the positive stuff. Here's the negative stuff, et cetera. So I thought that that was really cool. Okay. So anyway, then she goes through like Zodiac stuff, predicting timing, hierarchy and roles, 
the archetype, like we talked about, the love connections, pop culture representations, and then just a bunch of spreads. Yes. So do we want to just start from the beginning or do you want to talk about which part you liked the most or which part you didn't like the most? Maybe just going through. Yeah, I just think kind of like, kind of like section by section would be helpful because I just made notes as I kind of went along and. Okay, perfect. Stuff. So yeah, that'd be let's do it that way. Yeah, I like it. I also, this made me laugh mostly because when we were talking about how we were going to do this and you read it way earlier than I did because I was traveling this weekend, uh, you're like, yeah, I think a queen of wands really hurt her at some point. (laughs) I have so so many things to say. But I was thinking this, like in the intro, she says it can be harder to navigate the people and personalities of of the tarot when they're reflecting unattractive or I'm sorry, unattractive <laughs> or difficult behavior. And I was like, maybe she actually sees herself this way. And yeah. so she's picking up on negative things because if you think about it, like from the archetype, it would make sense that she as like this sort of like really strong business lady, mm-hmm. basically, yeah. you know, like her, you know, boss bitch over here yeah. getting shit done. If you're super hyper negative about something, it could be because you see all of your negatives, negatives. When you're and you're just saying, you're just archetype. more upfront about yourself, and you're more like because I did think that I was like, well, maybe she feels like she is the queen of wands because she's so blunt about the queen yeah. of wands, like in yeah. different. And I like as a detective myself, I researched all the queens and like. <laughs> have evidence of this but it's just like because she was so much more blunt with the queen of wands than any other of the other queens i was like well and her archetype for the queen of wands is the performer and i think as somebody who like is i could see her identifying as either the king or the queen of wands because Mm -hmm. the king of wands her archetype is the entrepreneur and the queen of wands is the performer and those two things are something that someone who has a tarot-based business where she's teaching and really putting herself out there, both of those would make a lot of sense as like how she could she see herself, herself, which would yeah. also explain why the harshness. Cause with the King of Wands, she's pretty harsh. Too. Yeah. She's pretty harsh. Cause I read that one too, because of, the, of it being in Leo and the Queen of Wands was in Aries. And I was like, yeah, whoo, <laughs> because when I wrote, I wrote down the performer pays 79, AKA the bitch. That's what I feel like <laughs> it should have been like the title of that archetype because it was just like, Oh, she's reading. She's reading them right now. Like this is not like this yeah. Is not like but fun. I think it's because that's. I think it's because she sees a she lot sees of herself. those traits in herself. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I did because... have that thought. So I'm yeah. trying not to take it personally, Ethany. I swear, I'm trying to take it personally. Esther's <laughs> like, it's not about you. This it's is all about me because I know that it reflects about myself, and like I am sensitive about it, which, which is, is exactly like a very Queens of Wands thing. Saying. Exactly. She's full blown. Like if there are parts of this about the queer end, whether whether it's you or somebody else, that you're not really willing to look at you're going to be like uh excuse, excuse me. me excuse me so no, so now i'm curious about how like what the night what night you thought you was me because i know i, I can't wait till i get okay. to that section because yeah. it'll remind me I, okay, it good. was mostly just like it might have even been pentacles or swords it was something just kind of like getting shit done which is how i see you. okay okay well, well we'll figure out when we get there because now i'm curious i'm like ooh, how does holly see me yeah this is how i see myself <laughs> and how ethany sees me obviously <laughs> Yeah, no, Ethany doesn't see you any which way. It's just it's not like type. It's, it's not like a conspiracy against Esther. She's not yeah, the only exactly. Queen of Wands in the world. Okay, exactly. You're definitely not the only Queen of Wands in the world. That's the important part to remember. That's true. Yeah, there's only four queens. There's only sixteen court cards. It's limited. They have to be wide reaching. Yeah. Wide reaching, just not as wide reaching as I want her to be. Okay, so 
Okay, so let's talk about the very first exercise that happens in the book then, which is in the structure section even. This is definitely a book that you will want to have a card or a deck with you for because there's a lot of like separate this out and then look at it or whatever. Yeah. Um, Like I said, some of the exercises have lots of space for writing in them and others don't. And the first one does not have a section. There is a blank page that I suppose you could write in, but it's about getting to know yourself and kind of like how you work with the, uh, with like the, the difference. Yeah. What am I? Court cards. Court Jesus cards. Christ. Great was, job. I'm like, is she, <laughs> supposed to say it's court it. cards? And <laughs> yeah, like, did she just going? lose the word court cards? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. <laughs> um, okay. But no, I think that it's really helpful because she's like kind of keeping track of it. And then also like interviewing the card itself. So like, yeah, kind of meditating on each card and asking the pages, what's your favorite game to play? What pet do you want to have? Like all those sort of like childlike play questions. Yeah. And just to kind of like develop your own relationship with each archetype. Like you're thinking, okay, page of cups. Um, and then you're looking at the card and you're like, okay, you have this fish. Like is your favorite game hide of seek? Like whatever. Just sort of like ruminating on all of it. Yeah. But I like that the question, the suggested questions reflect each of the different levels of the court cards. So like the pages are all childlike reflection the nights are like where are you going what are your quests so that's all about aspiration and movement which as people who are comfortable with the court cards now like we are comfortable with that definition right right for the queen's support and manifestation what do you love what's your favorite possession how do you value others stuff like that and then for the kings it's like about values and power how do people prove their worth to you? That I thought that like, was such oof, a good prompt. Such a for good kings. prompt for the king. Yeah. I such love a good that prompt. one. Yeah. Yeah. Because that gives you, I feel like thinking about that gives you so much insight into those kings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like the kings are always, I for me, they've always been like the hardest to connect with because they're more like distant and they're kind of like the emperor in certain ways. And you're just kind of like, uh, uh, uh. And so kind of being able to use this question, how do people prove their worth to you is like, Oh, this yeah. kind of helps me the relationship with this specific king like develop that in a, in a more personal way than I have been in the past. So and also it puts the king into more of like a like participatory role than the emperor. Like the emperor oh, is yeah. just leading and doesn't really like interact with other people, but the kings all are interacting with other people. You know, like they the emperor seems less like there would be subjects that would come to talk to him. Whereas the Kings are like interacting with people and they, so their judgment about how those other people are doing becomes more relevant. So I really liked that perspective for the Kings too. Yeah, totally. Are the court cards dated question? Just like she talks about honoring the traditions Mm -hmm. without feeling too hemmed in by that. Yeah. I really like that chapter. Like, Chapter two and three, I think, kind of could have been, like, melded together because they have to kind of deal with tarot being kind of dated, but at the same time, how do we modernize it? But at the same yeah. time, I kind of understand where there's that, why there's that separation because you kind of want to deal with each on its own. Exactly. And kind of give it, like, that special focus. So Yeah. I, I forgot that in the physical identifier section, uh, why on earth would an entire suit get to be a redheaded person? Like all wands. That is such a weird traditional thing. I mean, but There's it like sounds 2%. like Holly made the court cards and she wanted a whole entire suit of redheads. So, well, it just seems bananas to me because there's like 2% of the world's population has red hair. So for an entire, <laughs> like almost quarter of the deck, 
to represent a redheaded person. Like all the court cards, that's four of the 16 court cards represent. That's just like such huge overrepresentation. And I say that as somebody who's stoked <laughs> to have redheads on stuff. But I don't think I've noticed like any redheads actually being in most many of the court cards, like for the wands. Well, I guess I think that the she's like wearing like a head wrap, but that could be hair. Maybe. I don't know. I but to me, I I just it just never makes sense because people's interpretation like of court cards art in general doesn't follow this tradition. Yeah. So I, I don't like, know where this came right. from. I really don't care about it. Gatekeepers go away. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna leave that. But she was saying that if you're like reading a court card and you have a flash of intuition about what the person may look like, if it aligns with that, that's fine. But don't feel like you have to always think of each of those people like as the hair color or whatever. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Maybe if this has been something that's been going on since Tara de Marseille or something like the safari th- or safosi. What is that? Sfotsi. 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 There you Somebody's for sure going to correct us. Um, but anyway, if that is the case, then I think Northern Italian would kind of make sense if mm-hmm. those are like the archetypes that come from that because it's a redheaded person, a blonde person with blue or green eyes, a dark featured person with dark hair colors and pale skin and dark hair. So that means there's two different dark haired courts, which I feel like if it were in Northern Italy, which is so close to Switzerland, like there could be maybe more people in the, you know, 16th century that have those specific attributes. I guess for me, it's just something I just never have kind of personally run. I mean, I've run into like as far as like reading other tarot books, but maybe just something that just never resonated because it kind of seems stupid to me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I don't think I've ever used it that way, but I I just thought it was interesting to look at it again. So, And I also did appreciate and like that the age in the tarot court was pretty much kind of what we've kind of used on the podcast for ourselves and for significators. So it's pretty aligns pretty well. And I think that kind of happened a couple times with this where it's like, oh, the things that we've already come to have been like sort of formalized by being in this. Yeah. In some ways, which is one of the reasons why I like it for a newer tarot reader is that instead of having to like kind of go through that journey just by like picking up bits and bobs as you run across them. It's kind of all in one place, which I like. Yeah. And it hasn't really been done in this much depth for court cards and other books. And so I think that it's kind of nice. Yeah. I like the way way. it's kind of addressing everything right now. Yeah. So astrology, I thought the astrology section was interesting because kind of like what you said, you're a Leo and your identifier is the queen of wands. And then they swapped the queen and king uh, astrology signs. They did the same thing in pentacles. So yeah. the pentacles queen is Capricorn, which is funny because that's my moon and rising and my husband's sun sign. And I always think of him as the king and the king of pentacles, as she says, is Taurus, which is my sun sign. Yeah. Well, because I, I actually looked it up because I was curious, like I was detectiving per usual. And I was very <laughs> curious, like where it kind of came from. The only sources I could find from it was Crowley's like astrology association. Yeah. Which I guess makes so, sense. Which makes sense where, where, yeah. where it kind of came from. So I, but I did like the tarot elemental associations because that's how I came to the queen of wands being my significant fire signifier. There we go. We're going to get it. We're going to say it like 400 different ways in this podcast, even though I've said it right like five times. <laughs> We're not consistent. We know that about ourselves. I appreciated the focus on the elemental aspect. And then there was like, so Leo is a fire sign. And so, and 
all the wands are fire signs. And then because yeah. I feel like I'm more nurturing, I come to the conclusion that I'm more of a queen of wands, like, personality. And then my tarot decks would always kind of show me as the queen of wands in any sort yeah. of situation. So it was kind of, like, yeah. confirming from that yeah. aspect. But I did like the elemental associations. And then also them kind of – her diving into the fact that the energies, like, how they can conflict with each other, like, fire and water. Like, if you see a fire, like, court card and a water court card that they're, like, not meshing well together – or yeah. if you see a pentacles and I believe a cups, like they're like supporting each other and that's like a good thing. So I like yeah. that aspect. I guess I've never really heard that much about the water and earth like connection. Like yeah. the water and earth support each other and fire and wind support each other. Mm-hmm. Or I guess to me as somebody who has very little fire and wind <laughs> or fire and air, fire yeah. and wind. <laughs> wind makes it sound like I'm talking about farts. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think that the fire and air seems really scary, but I also live in a state that just constantly is being burned, burned. all the way to the ground. <laughs> so I know how dangerous air Those two is together, in yeah. fire situations. Yeah. Um, and water and earth seems like a little bit more safe. But then I say that as somebody who is so earth sign oriented. Yeah. I think it goes back to like fire and air supporting each other like without like the air fire can't kind of continue and like yeah so i think it's kind of like going that way rather than like you know with fire and water like water puts fire out so you're kind of like done and it's so it's in (laughs) in balance it's great but i think just because of our fires my brain is like oh my god don't let that air near the fire we need to get rid of the fire Yeah, so I like the focus on that because I've been more, like, elemental recently and kind of noticing how in my own spreads the elements kind of work together and work, like, against each other. So I thought that was really cool to mention about court cards. So actually, this is kind of, this might be like a structural issue that I have with the book because I really liked the exercise, your personal court exercise. Oh, yeah. Where you like talk about the people you know. I did all of my family members. Aww. Um And Nathan, and then write out what they're, based on their astrological sign, what their corresponding court card is. But the weird thing is that that exercise comes after the timing in court cards. Oh, I didn't section. notice that. So yeah. I think that that's maybe like a formatting issue that I didn't totally love. But I did yeah. really, really, really like that exercise because all of us are queens in my family. My husband, my mom, my dad, and my sister. And my brother's the only knight. Mm-hmm. And he's also the only, no, I guess he and dad are both wands because my dad is an Aries and my brother is a Sagittarius. Okay. And... It's interesting because they have, my dad and my brother have a lot of the like more like let's get shit done, a little bit more of the fire. Right. And my sister and my mom are both cancers. So they're both the queen of cups and I'm the queen of, uh, or I'm the king of pentacles and Nathan is the queen of pentacles. I don't know. I just thought it was really helpful in seeing our relationship. Yeah. I think that was really neat too. Like for me, because I'm the king of wands and my husband is Aries. So he's the queen of wands. It yeah. was interesting because like, I don't see myself as like, because I think the king of wands is the entrepreneur maybe. Yeah. And I don't and see myself in that way. And the queen's the performer. Girl, you are though. What are we doing with this? I mean, it's not like we're like, you know, raking in like, money or yeah, anything. Raking money. But, but we yeah. are creating something like, creating and you stuff, are yeah. like kind I, of managing a lot yeah. of stuff. But I think maybe it's just because like there's so much leadership like focus on that role. And I don't feel like I'm doing that leadership stuff. So, well, like maybe wrong. I am and I'm just like not recognizing <laughs> it. Maybe it's like something within me that there's a block going on. But it was just really interesting like 
surrounding myself with other people and other things and doing that was really interesting. Other people in my life, like my co-teacher, she's Gemini. So, well, and you know, what's funny is that if we're, if you're the king of wands and I'm the king of pentacles, the archetype, and we'll talk about that in the next chapter, the archetype for the king of wands is the entrepreneur, which I also wrote so poorly in my notes that I actually questioned like, what, (laughs) how did I just spell that? I spelled it E N T R E A P E N O U R. What? <laughs> Entrepreneur. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. And the, but the king of uh, pentacles is the manager. And so I do think that that's interesting in our dynamic. Oh, yeah. In our dynamic. Yeah. Because I think that you have all of the shit together and you think that I have all <laughs> I have of the shit, shit together, together because we're entrepreneuring and managing. And ending. Sort of in sync. Exactly. (laughs) So everything is getting done and it feels like the other person is handling it. Yeah. But the reality is that both of us are handling it. We're both just doing our jobs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And we just like work in sync really well. And so it doesn't feel like one of us is in charge and the other person is like. Yeah. We're just, it's like. Like. Yeah, Flaking. yeah, because we because free. It's like we hate our own shit, and then if and we feel bad that the other person's carrying most of the load. That's like the. I know, and you have to stop with that because I yeah. I'm sending out those packages, and then it'll be done. Yeah, it's I know, no big deal. I know, it's but still, week. just like Holly's house is a mail center. Like it is. Yeah, my house is definitely a mail center right now. I almost want to like like be sick someday this week so I can stay home and organize stuff. I have like just fifty giant boxes. It's, it's it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Everything's it's, great. It's we're getting through it. Yeah, we are. We're you're managing very well. Yeah, thank you. You're entrepreneuring very well. Woo. Uh, and then we start talking about the sort of roles, which the pa- with the pages being communicating. Oh, this was the best chapter. This was the best chapter. You need to buy yeah. a book for this chapter. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, this was a really good chapter. All the different mantras for all of yes. the different court cards. I wrote them I all really down. Liked those. Yes. So, so it's like so the page of cups is I, and I think that it's so good. The way she organized it is perfect because you're doing all the pages together. So you yes. can see the nuances between them. Yes. I think that that was a really good idea because if you just did all of the cups together, then it's not quite the same context. You're not really seeing, getting good differentiation. You're just being like, okay, all the cups are feeling emotional. Yeah, okay, exactly. sure. Okay. All the wands are like passionate people. Sure. Okay. You know, like. Yeah, exactly. So for the pages, the page of pentacles or the page of cups is I feel, the page of pentacles is I do, the page of swords is I ask, and the page of wands is I create. And even just that is nice and helpful for remembering how how all the different pages interact with each other. And even like if you see like the page of pentacles, I've been using them as like the planting sort of page because like, he has like the gift from the universe. Like I do page of pentacles. Oh, I'm doing what? What am I doing? What's the thing that this spread is asking me to do? Yeah. So I think it's really good like to help you kind of continue on with reading and continue to kind of like flow everything together in whatever you're doing. The Knights were the hardest for me to kind of connect with with the mantras because the Knight of Cups is love is the highest power. And I was like, oh, okay. The Knight of Pentacles, <laughs> I endure all in service. Knight of Swords is I know what to do. And Knight of Wands is I will clear the path. Like the Knight of Swords and Knight of Wands were like, I understood those. The Knight of Swords made me laugh so hard yeah. because it really is just like, <laughs> I know what I'm <laughs> doing. <laughs> I'm going to rush in with my sword and like do whatever I think. So the Knight of Cups, like love is the highest power. It's not like an I statement. So I think that's kind of why it threw me off. The love is the highest that. power. Like I love very much. Maybe. <laughs> love is the highest power for the queens it's again the nurturing the queen of cups is i nurture through love and emotions 
The Queen of Pentacles is I nurture through the body. The Queen of Swords is I nurture through the mind. And Queen of Wands is I nurture through the soul. I liked that aspect I like of that. soul stuff for the Queen of Wands a lot. Yes, I did too. And then for the Kings, the King of Cups is I lead with my heart. King of Pence is I lead with my wallet, which I laugh so much because of Nathan. Like, <laughs> I, I lead with my wallet is such, like, the that should be whole... tattooed on Nathan's forehead. I know. It's so funny because, yeah, it's just so funny. Like, I love him so much. And it is so funny reading stuff about it where it's like, yeah, I mean, like, there's probably some shadow stuff that needs to be worked on here with the King of Pentacles stuff. Yeah. <laughs> King of Swords is I lead with logic. And the King of Wands is I lead with passion. So I really love those mantras. And getting to use them in spreads is going to be fun, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that that's really helpful. And that's not, it's not just, the chapter doesn't just include just that. Just do that, yeah. It's like, it's like in a reading. Here's yeah. what how you can read it, and here's some reflections like for career it. reading so or love readings, and they also include like shadow side archetypal stuff, and I love that. So yeah, yeah, totally. I thought it was really cool. And I think that just, the other cool thing that we haven't mentioned yet is that for each of the cards, she includes like two images of different cards, and yes. they're all from different Llewellyn decks. Yes, I love that Everyday Witch. Like I highlighted Everyday Witch so I could remember to to mention that because I loved Everyday Witch's inclusion in this. Yeah, totally. it was so nice to see it. I it loved seems it. like it's mostly her deck and Mucha Tarot and Everyday Witch. And Steampunk was in there for the Queen of mm-hmm. Wands, which I was. Oh, that's true. This next section, the archetype section, is really extensive. There's basically like two and a half pages per or yeah. more for each. Actually, this is like three pages per. So I think we should each take our signifier, our self signifier, not self, by the definition not here. Okay. Um, and talk about all of the different sections in it to give kind of okay. an example of what you're looking at for each of the different court cards. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Since yeah, why don't you go first? Okay, so my mine may be the most fiery out of everyone's. Okay. So first, they list keywords. So mm-hmm. some keywords for the Queen of Wands: magnetic, powerful, influential, graceful, sensual, protective, fiery, entitled. I saw entitled. Ooh, entitled. I, was... <sighs> I so I have I am very entitled. I know that that's a thing. My mom has been telling me about my overdeveloped sense of entitlement since I was. Oh, like that's 15. why Katie mentioned it before. Oh, I get. I sorry. Yeah. I family connection. So now. the okay, overdeveloped okay. sense of entitlement is something that we talk about a lot in my family, and I do it all the time. Where so, or <laughs> even at work, where somebody will be like, "Oh, there's a pile of books. If somebody wants anything," and I'll be like, "Well, I need to go, and I need to get every single one of them." Like I just feel very <laughs> entitled to things. And it's something that I always have to work on and I'm thinking about a lot because it's like not an attractive quality, but it's just, it's just part there. Of, it's just something that I have to deal with. But anyway, so yeah. you didn't like the entitled. Well, idea. I thought I, in comparison to the other Queens, none of the other Queens had keywords that were negative. The only one that came close was the queen of cups because like it was mentioned benevolent and malvolent and malvolent was the only malvolent malvolent i have only ever read that word i don't think i've ever said it out loud malevolent malevolent who knows anyway malevolent malevolent okay yeah malevolent so in for queen of cups the only negative was now i can't say that one just gonna delete this whole part benevolent malevolent there we go so those are only two. The, that was the only like negative card, but I would even say like man- malevolent is like a negative, negative thing. Malevolent, it's just, like, but entitled yeah, is, is pre- like, well, but entitled like, is pretty like entitled and yeah, entitled is not bad, dude. It's negative, especially if it comes after all those other things. Entitled is like you've busted your ass, and so now you feel like you deserve something, and like because of it, and which is just true, maybe. 
I just took a title as like you're entitled, and I'm like, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, that no. might be some Jesus stuff that's coming to coming. <laughs> Perhaps, you. yeah. Because I don't think of it as being negative. Okay. I think of it as being like it would be negative if you did not have all those other keywords associated mm-hmm. with it. If it was just like Queen of Wands equals entitled, then that would yeah, be negative. Maybe. But it's saying like you're doing all of this other stuff and that leads to entitlement. Like that doesn't seem negative to me because being entitled to seeing the fruits of your rewards is just a Slytherin thing. Maybe it's just everything in this self reading chapter plus entitled that was like, Whew. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Keep going. So the archetype, even if you find find yourself being like, maybe I am entitled. Don't. Well, I also need judgment. No. And I also will say that some of this can come like, it's not a very nuanced interpretation of the court card. It's just very straightforward. So I think that that's that's why so many of the exercises are like, are like personal additional nuances. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You connect with. Right. So, so maybe that's like, but I'm like, but this doesn't fit me. But at the same time, like, I don't want this to not fit me because I'm in denial. So, which could very well be. Um, And so it goes into astrology and their Aries. And so that's pretty straightforward. The archetype is the performer which I found very interesting. Heads turn when the Queen of Wands walk into any room. They are likely to be the most popular person anywhere. Da, 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 da. I am wonderful, awesome, and beautiful. Blah, blah, blah. You are wonderful, awesome, and beautiful. But they kind of think of that about themselves and like um, social quality and natural chameleon. Yeah. Chameleons. Chameleons. I don't have a chameleon, so it doesn't apply. <laughs> They're all kidding. lizards. <laughs> I know. But <laughs> but there is a chameleon, I think, or like a lizard on the King, Queen of Wands cards. Maybe that's where it came from. Yeah. Um, they're competitive and willing to take on a challenge, which, yeah. I mean, if you're going to tell me not to do something, I'm going to give you the middle finger and say, watch me do it. So that's entitlement. I mean, not in a negative way. <laughs> not I'm not saying way. that to make you feel Maybe bad. Because, but... because entitled, like, recently has been, like, a word used to kind of shit on younger people yeah like you're entitled like sort of thing so that's why maybe it's don't yeah i totally see what you mean i think like pop culturally entitled is used to dismiss people right right but i think that in a lot of ways that's people just being dicks because entitled being entitled is like saying like how dare you tell me that i'm not good enough or strong enough or smart enough like i am entitled to at least show you that i am and it may be that like it's just the word entitled has so many like explosive pun non intended <laughs> connotations to it. Yeah. That is maybe that. not exactly like the right word to wrap up, but it's also kind of the only word. I I'm don't sorry know. for yelling at you about the word entitled. It's fine. <laughs> I've just been struggling with this chapter the whole entire two weeks we've been reading this book. I just think that you shouldn't beat yourself up. I think that it's great. <laughs> okay. And then it goes into, like, relationships, which I thought was really interesting, is, like, they do, like, their own time away from relationship and will need the other half to give them some room to be an individual, which uh-huh. I totally agree with. If you're in a relationship with the Queen of Wands and they want a weekend away with their best friends, it is advised you say yes. If denied, they will find that release somewhere less constructive. And I was like, oh, like you what? should feel privileged that they even considered asking you in the first place. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, okay. I love that. That's amazing. I'm like, okay, thank you. I guess you're like, well, I'm doing it. So okay, I'm gonna do it anyway. Later. Like it's better. Like my thing is like it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. So maybe that's yeah. in with that. And then I, the career was really interesting because the um, working career, the Queen of Wands is drawn to working with people who are going to give them status and attention that they need. And I'm like, do, in teaching, am I getting like? 
is, am I in front of an audience and they're like giving me the yeah. attention I need as a teacher? And then they want influence, accolades, and money. I mean, I'm like, who doesn't want influence, accolades, and money at That's this why point? You can <laughs> deny it all you want, but this card is perfect for you. <laughs> who doesn't want influence, accolades, and money? <laughs> I mean, and then <laughs> indicators that you're a queen of wands performer archetype. Oh, I thought this was actually kind of helpful. I bust out laughing because this is exactly me. You need the microphone rustled away from you at karaoke night. <laughs> People are like, Esther. That's your fourth Adele song, Esther. Stop. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course you choose something very slow and long as well. And long. Like, everyone is. All eyes all on me, me, baby. All eyes on me. This and Dancing Queen from ABBA are my, like, go-tos. <laughs> so, yes. Finally, like, it wasn't all negative. Of course it wasn't. But, like... The strengths that the Queen of Wands brings, but also the shadow side, which I thought yes. I loved her labeling it as shadow side. I loved those sections. Yes, I love both of those because we'll start with the strengths. <laughs> I radiate warmth. Yeah, I can instigate change with my huge influence. That actually yes. sounds like her reading me saying with her huge butt, but I won't say that. <laughs> um, brings people together, inspiring others to be around, inspiring yep. for others to be around, connects and communicates with people well, and a wonderful storyteller. Well, I hope this whole podcast is me I, basically yeah. wonderfully storytelling to everybody. So <laughs> you're welcome. If we're doing our job. <laughs> and then the shadow side is completely self-involved. Obsessive, highly dramatic, and can suffer from anxiety and other types of body stress. Like, this yeah. is me in a nutshell. Yeah. And guarded, so. Yeah. Oh, my God. Guarded is one of the <sighs> Oh, yeah. It's, one, it's like the last one. Yeah. Yeah, oh, guarded. Girl. Welcome. That's like my like my little cancer side coming out pinching. Like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. So, yeah. my shell. So, yeah. Those are the positives and dark sides. And then it goes to how to use them in a position as an outcome or action, which I, I really love that. I thought that was so helpful. Because so many times, like, they'll come out in an action part and we're like, okay, the queen is, like, sitting here doing nothing. How do yeah. I make this into an action? So, I really love that part. Because what are some of the actions or some of so the section is actually called if the queen of blank comes up in a position that requires an outcome action or next step forward, consider these actions as suggestions to move into the archetype's power. So what are some of the ones for you? The first one is ask yourself, can I find a better way of expressing who I am and what I need and be flexible and be able to adapt to many ways of doing things. Being rigid is not the way forward here, which I thought was really interesting because that's what the queen of one does. She kind of adapts and like just like bulls heads forward. Yeah. Um, and one of the interesting ones was give yourself a stage name and allow yourself to freely express what you need. Even Beyonce and Lady Gaga have alter egos. And yeah. you have you go by well not anymore, but you started by going by a pseudonym. Yeah, I'm still like in the alter ego ish state. So yeah, yeah, because That's I can't cool. come out out quite yet. So we'll see. That's really interesting, though. I never really thought about Thea as being a stage name. Yeah, and totally was. Yeah. And for me to be able to embody kind of who I am without sort of the, uh, the harm kind of yeah, being prevalent. Public, yeah. yeah. It's almost like a compartmentalization exercise. Like, yeah. This is the part of me that goes by this name that can do X, Y, and Z. That's really interesting. Most of the walking forward outcomes or actions are basically kind of putting on a mask and being able to just fake it till you make it sort of. Yeah, outcomes. totally. That's the end of the Queen of Wands. Awesome. So the Queen of Pentacles, you're right, does not have any negative keywords. <laughs> uh, I mean... No, I'm not going to fight for soft being negative. Uh, okay, so like nurturing, <laughs> compassionate, open, abundant, loving. The Queen of Pentacles card from the Steampunk Tarot was one of my favorite cards in that deck. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
I just really love it. But anyway, so it's associated with Capricorn, which, as we talked about, is my sun and moon. Or, no, sorry, moon and rising sign. Um, the archetype is the healer. And it talks about how the Queen of Pentacles is really healing. They radiate an energy that puts others at ease and at peace. And I have to say that I hear that from people a lot. All the time. I've read this and- one and was like, this is fucking holly I hate this. <laughs> but it's also something that i i really try to emulate like um i've talked about this i think i talked about it last week on the podcast my office is like intentionally every single thing in that office is intentionally to make people feel calm oh yeah and yeah. like safe in my space and i think that that's because i am this archetype and also i like it and so i try to emulate it as much as possible which i think is the benefit about finding a signifier that you really like mm-hmm. is that then it gives you more clarity about which direction you should be moving in to yeah. like stay true to your archetype that you're interested in. Yeah, yeah, it's like a nice goal to have in mind like, oh, so I can embrace these parts of me that in the past like the Queen of Wands in my past would never have been an archetype that I could like hold on to as like a yeah, fiery person. Yeah, you'd be like too power hungry. Yeah, exactly. So like you this should is be like, softer. oh hey, it's like more empowering in this sort of way which I like a lot. Yeah, totally. I think that's a really good point. This part made me laugh also. This tarot archetype loves to provide comfort and warmth to people, which by extension often means that their homes are always open and they will feed the entire neighborhood if needed. Their yes. fridge is always full. The kettle's always ready to go on and the healer loves it when they are sought out for comfort. Like that is actually part of my shadow is that I always really need to be needed. And that's kind of one of the like dark sides of being sort of a healer archetype or interested in the healer archetype is that like, if people aren't coming to you, you're like, are they mad? Did I do something wrong? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> that validation isn't there. So you feel like something's missing and you need to yeah. kind of feel that need. Yeah, exactly. So then in love and relationships, it's about the traditionalist stuff, which I definitely relate to. Um, yeah. I'm super interested in like family legacy, I guess. Like, And I think I've always chalked it up to it being because my family is really awesome and they've done a lot of really cool stuff. But I think that it's interesting seeing it from this perspective rather than just like, well, it's because they're cool. That's why I'm interested. If they were less cool, I wouldn't be as interested. But, you know, is like which came first, the chicken or the egg with that sort of thing? Um, (laughs) The Queen of Pentacles can be overprotective, smothering and even downright jealous. Like, (laughs) yikes. At work and career, I thought that that was also like a really good thing because they talk about how many healers are in a line of work where the choices they make can have life altering repercussions. Mm-hmm. And because I'm an academic advisor and I deal with policy all day, I think that that is like something that definitely has come through. Yeah, it lines like, really I, well. Yeah, I do a lot of like trying to help people, and sometimes the things that I'm saying end up having really long lasting effects just because it's like how people can work their way through an organization indicators that I'm a queen of pentacles loves comfort and warmth (laughs) role played (laughs) healing professionals as a child, which yes, we were like not even just doctors, but also like checkout stand people who are like really friendly, like (laughs) pretend to be therapists, like all sorts of things. I think that the felt as though there were no other vacation or life path in life, but to be a healer feels really real because I had literally no idea what on earth I could possibly ever want to do until I found academic advising. And I was like, Oh my God, duh, this it's perfect. But until then I was always like, 
I don't know, like law school, maybe like, you know, just <laughs> yeah, one of yeah, those yeah. sort of directions. Should I go things. into like the seminary? Like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. it was all so like amorphous because I couldn't find the right way that I wanted to help people heal. And then when I did, I was like, oh, everything clicked into place. Yeah. The strengths, energetic endurance is something is a strength that I'm really, really proud of. I oh. feel like I can like. Even though at a certain point I can get really energetically overwhelmed, I think that I can also like maintain some stasis for longer than a lot of people can. And I think a lot of that is because I have to at work. I'm just like end up taking on a lot of other people's energies because people are going through really hard times when they come to see me. Excellent in times of crisis. I liked that they talked about adaptability and the healer archetype because I feel like Tauruses so often get like, oh, hate change, can't handle it. And I am not like that at all. Like I am fine with change. I am super adaptable. And I think that that is, so it's nice that the Queen of Pentacles has that aspect of it. Right. Because I see that a lot of myself. Like if something goes wrong or if the plan changes at the last minute, generally I'm like, okay, this is totally fine. We're going to roll with the punches. Like, well, we can adjust. Like this will be great. And I think that that's something that's really under expressed with my sense so it's nice to have it in my tarot archetype. The shadow side made me laugh so hard because I think that can develop a God complex is like <laughs> the most hilarious thing in the whole entire world to me. Uh, You're going to start a cult, Holly. That's that's where we're headed right now. Like the wildly tarot cult. Yeah, exactly. Get ready, people. Uh, <laughs> and then also this one really kind of was one of the ones that sort of felt like a little bit of a gut punch, but often, often have a blind spot when it comes to their own need to heal. Oh, yeah. And I think that that goes for like emotional and physical stuff. Like think about my ankle and how long I was like, it'll be fine. And then just like emotional <laughs> And I'm like yelling too. at you from the, on Facebook, like, stop it. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not fine. But anyway, so I really just thought that in general, it was really nice to read the archetype for myself that way. And even reading the other ones was also helpful. But the questions for what to come up if the Queen of uh, Pentacles comes up in a position like an outcome. Ask yourself what needs healing or nurturing. Look to your community and network for the next step forward. Are you unwilling to ask for assistance? Receive as well as you are able to give. Yeah. I really love that. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that this this section was pretty effective. Um, I think that having so much good stuff in addition to the keywords, like having all those questions, having strengths and weaknesses sort of extrapolated upon makes this a really good resource to flip back to. Yes, yes, I think so, too. And, like, as reference, even though, like, this is, like, not... Of course, it's not the Bible because the Bible's not the Bible either. It's not like the end all be all to tarot court cards because, of course, like personal life and nuances happen. But this is like a good starting point, a good foundation, a good hopping off point for reading and for getting used to it yourself and personalizing things. I really like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess we could just go through all of the different archetypes really quickly just so that if you already have your signifier and you think that you're interested in hearing more about yours, this would be something to pick up. But for cups, the king is Hades, which I actually thought was great. I know she mentions it a lot, like over and over and over again. But I think that the King of Cups being Hades is really interesting because of the whole, like, I'm attracted and repulsed thing. Yes, yeah. Which I like for the King of Cups because I feel like Cups kind of generally get a little bit of a good rap. Like, everyone's yes, they're like, too yeah, good. you want to be emotionally secure. And so, so remembering yeah. that there can be some manipulation and some, like, overwhelming aspects of that is really helpful. Uh, Queen is Mystic. Knight is Lover. Page is Empath. 
For wands, the king is entrepreneur, the queen is performer, the knight is adventurer, and the page is Peter Pan, which I thought was fun. Yeah, I like Peter makes Pan. Me like yeah, the, really the page of wands a lot more. For pentacles, the king is manager, the queen is healer, the knight is soldier, and the page is naturalist, which <laughs> I always thought naturalist was a synonym Euphemism for, for nudity. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Apparently, it's also somebody who just really likes nature. Nature. <laughs> I know they both coexist as meanings, but whenever you hear naturalist, I just think of a nudist. Me too. So, every single time. Every single time. Okay. For swords, the king is scientist slash specialist. The queen is judge. The knight is warrior. And the page is detective. And so I spent a little bit of time thinking about the difference between soldier and warrior. Yeah. Um, because they're such similar words. <laughs> but especially in the context of the Knight of Swords with the kind of like lack of forethought. Mm-hmm. Warrior, like a soldier is somebody who is, I guess, a little bit more intentional mm-hmm. and is like following orders or moving forward in like more of a rational, like militaristic way. And a warrior is a little bit more like gut reaction-y, like just about the violence and the motion without the forethought and so I think that that's kind of where that nuance comes into yeah play. I agree because I see more of the warrior as like a vigilante taking justice into his own hands whenever he kind of wants to do yeah. anything and then the soldier is definitely following orders being methodical going in with a plan and stuff like that so I definitely think that nuance there was really cool I think so too Oh, and then also just like one other thing, because I don't, we don't have enough time to go through all of the different archetypes, but you definitely should like look through them because they're pretty cool. With the Knight of Swords, there's two things about the Knight of Swords that I really liked. One was she mentions that people are often attracted to this archetype because it's so romanticized. So like, just go, let's get this done. Like that's something that we just respect so much in our culture. Like just always, but it's so exhausting to actually be around that in real life. They're rarely the kind of person that you'd want to interact with, Mm -hmm. even though there's somebody that you're maybe attracted to. You're interested in that kind of like go get them nature. It can really burn out super quickly. And then one of the questions I really liked also, because it was ask yourself for the position that requires outcome, ask yourself, am I afraid to act making a choice and then acting on it can be really difficult if you're blocked by fear Working on the root cause of the fear can free yourself from indecision and stalemate. And I liked that because it seems like it's something that we sort of imply a lot when we're doing readings for other people where we'll get to a point and all of a sudden it's like, why don't we talk more about like what's standing in your way of making these decisions or whatever? Because so much of the lack of moving forward comes from like being paralyzed with indecision. And so I think right. that that's helpful to remember card I was thinking oh this is Esther and apparently I didn't write it down even though I thought I that's had fine. I was going through the quotes here and I think this is about Holly if I remember correctly because <laughs> when I make like quotes it, was, it wasn't really clear but this archetype can be a perfect tantric sexual healer to help people unlock oh, yeah, and reawaken lost in intimacy <laughs> not to mention be a powerhouse when it comes to the ultimate climax so <laughs> good lord <laughs> oh my god so and now hard. after going to my reunion last weekend I know that like People actually like college friends listen to this. Did they that don't do tarot just because they're interested? They like hearing me they talk, like hearing I guess. You talk about it. And now they know that. Yeah. So just just in case you're wanting to know about the queen or of know that I pentacles. have to start doing more of that to achieve ultimate archetypical goals. And I thought it was funny. If you're looking for a gift for this tarot archetype, know that they would prefer a pretty crystal or a river stone you found over an expensive diamond. And, I was and like, literally, I literally were week. we not just asking people to send me hagstones? We were. That's why I laughed so 
hard. Oh my god. Anyway, so yeah, the archetypes are really great. And then the other cool thing is that at the very end of the archetypes list, there's an exercise called Your Archetype Pillars. Oh yes. And it's reflective rather than spread related, but basically you're thinking about what your tarot archetype for your romantic relationships is, what your tarot archetype for your family relationships are what your tarot archetype for your friendships are. And I just think that that's really helpful to think about it because then if you have that all written down, then when you're doing future readings and those things come up, it's helpful to be like, okay, remember this is my tarot court archetype for my spirituality. And, you know, so this reading is going to veer more towards that side of things or whatever. Yeah. I think it just always also helps you connect specifically with that tarot court card. Like we just keep saying, like these exercises are really good practice, not only for getting you used to seeing them and getting you used to kind of translating them, but also just kind of getting you that personal connection with that court card and things like that. I really like that. Yeah. Totally. And then she does do spreads for each of those. So there she separates them by pillar. So pillar one is the love. And so then you would pull out the court card archetype that you've selected for that pillar. And actually, this is one of the ones that I really liked because she basically says, like, use multiple decks and you can do this huge spread with all of it. Yes. With the pillars and you can use as many of the decks as you want uh, so that you can have the appropriate archetypes. And then you're pulling for your strength in that pillar, the archetype for that pillar, the challenge in that pillar and the way to move forward slash next step for that pillar. And I think that that's really a good reflection. I think the book itself, it's a very good, like, detailed explanation of the court cards. But it's definitely, like, the shining point and the shining star are the spreads and the exercises. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely So just like Modern Tarot, the shining stars were the spells. And for some reason that wasn't mentioned. Same thing with this book. The exercises and the work, like, the workbook stuff is somehow not really mentioned in any of the advertising. And yeah. I don't know why, but it's, like, the shining point of the book, in my opinion. So. I think it's – yeah, it's just so strong. So after the archetypes, it's the love section, which I don't really – It I don't never – it didn't really resonate with me very well because it's mainly based off of the astrological associations with yeah. them. So, like, it didn't really resonate with me, but I could understand if that's something that's important to you, that how that could be, like, translated. Right. And I also think that I did, like I said earlier, I do think that the examples of perfect and troubled love connections was really interesting because it helps yes. you see how different – uh, areas interact. So like for the King of Cups, the perfect love connection is the Knight of Pentacles. And it says nothing like a steady, strong, loyal Knight of Pentacles to be there through the King of Cups emotional storms. The King of Cups is also likely to awaken the sexual life of the Knight of Pentacles, which serves this partnership well. They can both tend to be serious, but they also want deeper relationships with which suit them both fine. And the troubled love connection for the King of Cups is the Queen of Cups. And it says, these two connect deeply on an emotional and sexual level, but when the relationship starts to have problems, their fights can be epic and emotionally separating them from each other. If they have strong communication skills, they can make it work, but they need a hefty amount of emotional intelligence to navigate this relationship. And I thought that that was interesting because I think that we tend to pair the uh, king and queen, queen together, together. At least yeah. I do. And so it's cool to see like, okay, I could see why the really emotional side of this would go so well with the really rational side of this. And I just mm-hmm. thought that 
it was interesting to think about it that way. Weirdly, the Queen of Cups match best with other Queens of Cups because they allow for safe space or whatever. And then the Knight of Swords is a horrible match for the Queen of Cups (laughs) because of all the rushing forward and not being sensitive and all of those things. But I thought that that was a really interesting part of that section. I thought it was really nice for me to see kind of like the contrast that happened. And then, but also the same time kind of going like in my own personal life, like, oh, this doesn't quite like match up with astrologically. Like, I'm going back to astrologically. Astrologically doesn't quite match up, but the personalities match up. That's the thing. Yeah. I think that that's the key is just, like, not getting too hung up on the astrological associations because it's more of the archetypes of those astrological associations than, like, literally their time of the year. Because, like, for the Capricorn stuff, like, I have that in my chart, Mm-hmm. But it is not my sun sign. It's my moon and rising sign. And so there are parts of me that really relate to Capricorn, even though I'm not a Capricorn sun. Right. Yeah. And so there are aspects of the queen of pentacles that really resonate, but not because of the Capricornness necessarily. I yeah. Guess. I waffled between that and the queen of cups because the queen of cups emotionally is like my boo. Like that's where kind of like my emotions reside. But I know yeah. as a person, that's not who I am. I'm very much more queen of wands Yeah. Presenting, if it makes any sense. So, well, and that kind of actually brings us to the exercise for this chapter, which is the seeking a new lover. Which I actually, as I was looking through it, was like, this is not about ro- this. Doesn't have to be about romantic Romance. love. This could be yeah. about literally any relationship at work, friendship, family members, whatever. Because the idea is that you take a tarot deck, you separate out the court cards, and as you're thinking about that person, you pull one card to represent their internal self and one part to one card to represent their external self. So that means that you'd be selecting two court cards to add additional nuance into the person's personality, which I really like. Yeah. I think the inward versus outward stuff is really interesting. And especially with relationships, like you don't know somebody until you get to know them. And so you can totally be misreading it because they're presenting themselves in a different way than they actually are feeling. So I really liked that. And then, well, so you put those down and then you pull additional cards for, the questions, which is how, oh, this is their work. This is how you're going to meet. And this is a major theme of the relationship. But I think in general, that idea of selecting two or of drawing two court cards to represent a person and then doing a reading about them could be adjusted so significantly based on what you're going for. But I think that the bringing new love thing obviously is like, how are you going to meet this person? And what's your relationship going to be like? (laughs) But you could do the same methodology for anything, which I really like. Oh yeah. And then the one that's the healing relationships tarot spread is one that she also encourages you to use two decks for, which I only bring up because people ask us that a lot. Like, do you ever use two decks to do a reading? Right. And there are definitely ways to do it. And I think that it, I haven't used it specifically because I wanted to have so many signifiers in a reading, mm-hmm. but that makes so much sense is why you'd need to use multiple decks. Cause if I want to be the queen of pentacles in every aspect of my life, I need a separate deck for all of those. For all the other things. Yeah. Oh, and then the pop culture representations. What did you think about the pop culture representations? This was a little difficult for me because Instead of kind of focusing on, like, the nuances of each sort of, like, character, they try to, like, the King of Swords is a scientist and the specialist. So she finds scientists and specialists to kind of, like, support the thesis. So in- Except for Tyrion Lannister's not. Yeah, I... I I there are some, I, to I'm me, there are some questionable ones. So, oh, like, that's true. All the other ones are doctors. And you stuff. know, so like the warrior, the Knight of Swords, the warrior. We have, like, Wonder Woman, Bruce Lee... Rocky Balboa, Kilbo Bride. Like, there's no one outside of those archetypes that are, like, 
figures for you to look to for your own self. Yeah, but I do like that there's a section to select your own so yes. that if you if you if see, you see something something's not being picked up, you can But at the same it. time like if I don't kind of identify with the warrior archetype, like is there a, like a nuance that can go on like where this person's like a like a warrior-ish but not necessarily a warrior. Does that make sense? Like I think the archetype yeah, but was I just, too focused on. I think on. that it I think that like that's the thing about choosing pop culture is that I think it's more of like a pneumatic device to remember stuff more yeah. easily than like this is definitive. And I think that that's why reading it in order is helpful. Even if you think that the archetype section isn't really giving you like totally new information, because mm-hmm. then by the time you get to this, you know that there's previous instances of nuance rather than just like focusing too yeah. much on Scrooge McDuck being the King of Pentacles. Yeah. You know? I think I was just so <laughs> excited. Like, Oh yes, finally some like pop culture references. And then like we get to page of swords, the detective and everyone's a detective. And I'm like, that's yeah. that to me was a bit disappointing because I'm like, okay so they're all detectives so what's about like just the detectiveness is what gives yeah, them that i mean i guess the so. only thing that i would say in reaction to that is that she, in her little paragraphs about it she does offer some nuance like yeah for the scrooge mcduck it's like she scrooge mcduck is generous with uh his nephews because he loves them, but he needed to be reminded that that was important or whatever. So like there is some nuance in the paragraphs, but if you're just going based off of like which characters she selected, it does seem a little bit less nuanced. Yes. So yeah, for me, it was just kind of like, okay, yeah, I get that they're a detective, but not all detectives are like blatantly like detectives. You know, some people like are investigative on their own. Like, is it going to like, is Columbo going to pop out? Like, so I was wanting a bit more. Bro- yeah. Like, you just broadness. want a longer list basically. Cause she has like three per person, three per archetype. And you're like, I want 25 per archetype. Yeah. And they're, and I don't want them all to be detective. Like, <laughs> but I think that's the thing. I think that's why you have to do this on your own because she's giving examples of like, here's where you can go for it for pop culture. But then there's space for you to add additional people. But I did not well. think that Hawkeye was the queen of pentacles. Hawkeye to me was not queen of pentacles. So <laughs> I know it's Nash. such a huge risk for her to include this whole section because people have such strong feelings. I know, but it was just like, Hawkeye is the Queen of Pentacles? I get that he's a healer, like his literal job is a doctor, but really? <laughs> his personality is not Queen of Pentacles at all. At all. I get I Dr. Have Quinn. I no idea. Dr. I've literally never seen a single I Mar- understand Marvel Dr. Movie. Quinn. Like, she's a healer. I can, I kind of get it. But Hawkeye? <laughs> I, okay, sure. Just because he gets a doctor in his name, okay. So yeah. th- that was kind of was my problem was that it was... Not necessarily the embodiment of the personality. It was more of the title of their job. See, I disagree with you, but I think that we're just not. I think we're not going to be on the same page at all. I think it's just that it's just three options per person. I think it's fine. It's just supporting her thesis, but I don't think it kind of is inclusive as I want it to be, basically is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, because there's limited space. She can't have 25 people per thing. So just coming up with like the most recognizable options is a good place to have people jump off from, I suppose. All right, so then the exercise for that is doing bingo, where you watch a movie and then uh, play bingo with all of the different archetypes. I thought this was really difficult for, like, people who had this, like, on their iPads and stuff, because you can't oh, really, yeah. like, write you on your to, iPads. Like, print out just one so, yeah, page. I think this is definitely something that's more suited for the, the actual physical copy. Yeah, which I think in a lot of ways, uh, most of it is, because there are so many places to write. So if, yeah. you're, if you have a digital copy, it's just going to be a little bit harder. Yeah, but it does have, like, four different... <laughs> like bingo cards which is nice so it's not yeah, it's something totally. you can do with your friends and 
things like that. So just watch something fun and just check off like the things on the bingo cards are things like page of swords solves a problem, finds a clue, knight of cups, character declares their love, queen of pentacles, character tends to a wound or nurses someone, (laughs) queen of cups, character knows what's going to happen before it does, page of wands, character runs away from a problem. So I think that'll be fun. And then I think that this is kind of the last section because then it just sort of turns into a little bit more of reference material, sort of like a uh, condensed version of the earlier chapters. Um, But the court card spreads. She kind of gives a separate spread for every single court card. Yes. Which I thought was really, really, really cool. Yes, I did too. Because that's kind of her strong point. Like she'll release like a year, year, like the whole 12, like 12 months, like worth of moon spreads, like full moon and new moon spreads. Yeah. So this is like kind of like her in her element or these spreads. Ethany's a really great spread creator. So for each and every one of them, you'd pull the signifier card for the exercise and then you'd ask questions about it. And I just think that all of them are really great. So do you want to talk? I think that we don't have time to do the spreads for each of our signifiers, but do you want to talk about the questions for each of our signifiers? Yeah, we can talk about the questions because I took photos of them just in case. So I wouldn't have to like try to find them haphazardly. Oh, I can find them too if you need me to. Let me see. For the Queen of Wands, let's see her. It tells you you the elemental association. So queen is a queen technically elementally is water. And since she's a wand, she's also fire. That also goes back to Crowley a bit. And then it kind of gives you like a paragraph of kind of what the queen is like. And then it goes into the exercise. And so you take the queen of wands as your signifier. And then just a second. I'm missing question two. Where did question two go? The question two is how can I bring more confidence into my life? Question three is what fears do I have about being my authentic self? Question four, what can I release that no longer is serving my confidence levels? Question five, what guidance does the queen of wands have for me? Question six, how can I connect to the queen of wands better as a tarot card? And question seven, what lessons can the queen of wands share with my clients? So like a really nice holistically view of the Queen of Wands. I like it. And for Queen of Pentacles, it's the same thing. And what area in my life could use some restoration? What do I need in order to find balance in my life? Where can I release and relieve my diseases in my body and energy fields? What kind of healer can I be? How can I connect to the Queen of Pentacles better as a tarot card? And what lessons can the Queen of Pentacles share with my clients? So I think that this would be good if you did that family exercise where you're like, you know, kind of finding the signifier of family members and then maybe you want to feel more connected to that family member you could do the spread for that card so you can understand that archetype a little bit more or you could just work through all of them individually so that Mm -hmm. you felt more connected since they're 16 you could do one every three weeks and get through all the court cards in a year or something like that like there's a lot of different ways that you could sort of use these spreads to help yourself grow internally and also help yourself connect more to the cards. So I really liked that section. And if there's like a court card that you have a visceral reaction to, because it reminds you of a person in your life that's toxic, kind of like how we wrecked the Hierophant, you know, this I think would be a great exercise in kind of healing that archetype in your relationship with that archetype. And I really think that's like a really good thing to kind of, Doing a little bit of shadow side work and totally kind of like and getting that dig into why it yeah. bugs you or why you can't connect to it. Yeah, 
Awesome. So I guess we just need to do pros and cons. And what are the pros to the of this book to you? I think it's definitely beginner friendly, four hundred percent. Like it, it yeah. even like definitions. Like it gives you signifier definition, queer and definition from the first chapter. So definitely approachable. Definitely down to earth. There's nothing hoity toity about it. They're even like presenting sort of archetypes and like astrological stuff. It's not like. You have to like chant four times about this thing, but to be able to access the greater knowledge of the court cards. So no. um, it's an it's an affordable book. Like just to be honest, like it's affordable in and it like, is paperback packed with information, and it's packed with information that you can use. And it's got tons of exercises in it. And I think the exercises yeah. themselves are worth it, well worth it. I think the exercises themselves are so incredible. I think the cons are obviously the pop culture section. And I also think that it's probably maybe too basic for somebody who already has a pretty good grasp. However, with that being said, I think that the exercises are still helpful for people, even if they have an understanding of the cards. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the exercises help level it up yeah. because the information, I think we we were well aware of that most of the information walking into yeah, it, totally. like even astrologically, we were kind of aware of it, but I think the exercises kind of help personalize the relationship in such a way that even if you're intermediate or like an advanced hair yeah. reader, like creating that relationship or even maintaining or furthering the relationship with the court cards, that's well Absolutely. worth it. So don't shy away from it just because this is beginner friendly. This can also be impactful to you as a, like a long tear. Long Absolutely. And I just think that like I, when I started it, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Cause it was just so basic. But then as I saw the exercises, I was like, Nope, actually I really like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the exercises are what changed it for me when, as I was reading it from like, Oh, this is beginner. Okay. I get it. Like a, like a booklet, but then it was like, oh, exercise. Yeah, got it. Yeah, they're I super like cool. Like and yeah. I'm sure that you could find them in other ways too, but because, uh, like, she created this book, I mean, I'm sure that she has made some of these exercises something that's available online or whatever too. But I think that it's nice to support people who create stuff like this by, like, buying their yeah. books and stuff like that. <laughs> well, and, like, we've kind of run into, like, we kind of talk about gatekeeping a lot. Ethany is no, not a gatekeeper. So like, welcoming. she's always constantly giving back to the community. She's always, like, opening for more education. She's always being, like, a good teacher where she's not threatened by the information she has about tarot. She's, like, willing yeah, to give totally. it out. And because so many times, especially, like, some people we know with tarot cards, because with court cards, many times people are like, I have all the knowledge of the yeah. court cards, and therefore I shall keepeth it too if myself is. <laughs> And, but that's not the case with Ethany. She's always very giving, very um, open about her practice and kind of giving back. So definitely wanting to support her in this way with this book because she's a great person and, you know, she's given us this resource. So why not reuse it and kind of exactly. And it is a really great resource. Yeah. Even though I have some questionable things on the queen of wands, (laughs) it's okay. It's just, it's a sore spot on my side and I completely um, see that. So. All right. Well, I think that that's it for this book, right? So that's our show. Don't forget to email us your questions. We'll take live questions or questions about tarot. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com, including a Google form to fill out questions without having to email us. <laughs> and also tell your friends about us and rate and review us. It helps us grow and makes us really, it really does. happy. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast for pictures of the deck we're using or join our Facebook community by searching Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. Also, we post bonus content on Patreon each week. If you support us at the 
full level or higher, you can access all of it. We're at patreon.com slash Podcast. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. <laughs> with the, with with the, the court, court cards. cards. Yay! Exactly. <laughs> Hooray! We love you. Have a great we day. Love you.